0: So they look all over and they finally find their little sister in the back of an abandoned school bus with a mouthful of gum that she had pried off all of the seats in the bus. That's why you don't let your kid hang out in an
1: abandoned school bus. Well, like, oh, what hold disgusting. on a second. Wait, we're rolling.
0: All right. Well, let's roll. Hi, I'm Rich. And I'm Mark. And we are Two, two guys, guys on, on Block, Block Island.
1: Island. I feel that breeze. It's blowing in off the sea. All right. So, uh one of the things we really enjoy about our podcast is uh getting to know just some of the folks out here that we've uh seen year after year. Maybe sometimes we don't know a ton about them and uh they just seem like interesting people and that was certainly the case with our guest today. Uh I'd seen John Dom uh driving around in his truck and I was like, that that seems like a cool-looking dude. And uh, then uh, we we ended up, over the years, meeting and chatting it up at Captain Nick's about various topics, and I found him to be a pretty cool guy. So uh, we're lucky to have him here today. How's it going, John? Oh, I'd say
2: a fairly good day so far.
1: Excellent. Awesome. And thanks for taking the time to come chat with us. We really appreciate it.
2: My pleasure.
1: All right. So the way we usually start our conversations off is we just ask uh, all of our guests, you know, when did you arrive on Block Island? Oh, my. I think it was
2: 1956 in the summertime. Okay. And um, it was first time here. Uh, my mother uh, inherited two properties here uh, via her family, the Rose family. And um, we first drove around, stayed in a small two-bedroom cottage, uh, 550. Fifty uh, square feet, and um, with kerosene lamps, a propane ice box, and things like that, it really wasn't that rough at all. But I liked this place; liked it a lot, and currently a year-round resident here.
0: Now, that did you come? Did you in the beginning? Were you just coming for summers back and forth, or did you stay from the minute you got here? <clears throat>
2: Uh, I stayed five weeks because my father worked for the federal government all his life, and he had a five-week vacation. And then I would, uh, when he would go back to work, I would travel to Newport, Rhode Island, where uh, I actually was born in Newport, Rhode Island, and uh, stay with my um, maternal side grandmother, Phoebe Rose.
1: And now these are the this is the rose family that's uh from on, block, from block oh, oh really yeah
2: yeah yeah well uh, if you go down to settlers rock uh, you see the settlers uh, rock there um it was uh torment rose original ancestor and he was both original um purchaser and uh, resident here i wonder
0: what year he bought property out here that had to be a while back
2: well, the town was incorporated in sixteen sixty one but he had two plots, one on the uh, west side and one over there by uh, what's now salt pond
1: and And where did you come from where did you grow up?
2: As a oh, child? that's easy. Um,
1: uh, Bucks County, Pennsylvania. Oh, okay. So just outside of Philadelphia, if I'm not mistaken.
2: oh, uh, Say 35, 40 miles north of Philadelphia, Bucks County.
1: Okay. In Rhode Island, that's a
0: long way. But in Pennsylvania, that's like a hop, skip, and a jump. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. yes uh, Somebody asked me once how long it took to drive across Rhode Island. And uh, I didn't know what to say. And I think it was Scotty Hines
1: goes, about a beer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: and said, so you can't drive more than an hour in Rhode Island without being in a different state.
1: Yeah. That's how small well, we are. Walter, yeah. Walter McDonough taught me uh, how to measure time. Uh, in terms of alcohol as well he, You know, Walter's a musician That played down at Mahogany Shoals Back in the day And uh, at one, night, one evening His wife Mary Beth was bartending And it was towards the end of the night And the crowd wanted him to do one more song he said, Mary Beth, give me about 10 minutes worth
0: <laughs> of a drink. <laughs> yes.
1: So I I understand that measure of time. And she and filled up his glass. I, yeah, pretty much. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 10 minutes worth of bourbon. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So John, you you come out to visit uh, or vacation here and then at what point do you end up uh deciding I'm going to make this place my home? And what year was that about?
2: Oh, uh, i am pretty sure it was 2002. I uh, left, gave two weeks notice of a job. I worked in uh, steel fabrication, on Omni Systems in um, Pennsylvania. Uh, we did automated machine work and things like that, automated equipment. And uh, the lady that owned it, we got along just fine and... Uh, but I gave her two weeks' notice, and I explained the situation where I uh, had to go up here. I wanted to get the uh, cornneck property rented,
1: and this is your family's property. Was, yes. Okay.
2: Yes, goes back to Torment Rose and so on. Wow. And uh, um, there's a house there um, uh, that my father built with hand tools, and probably most of it was salvaged material from the dump. And um, so uh, I figured – I did my research, found out the place could be – and rented it out for $2,000 a week. Whoa. Being a small business person um, for over six years, I seen an asset that could uh, produce a profit – and then the asset uh, turned into a liability, but I don't have any regrets about it.
1: <laughs> oh, good. That's, no regrets is a good way to live. Yeah. 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 And so the um, did you help your father build this house back when it was – or was this before you were born? Or?
2: No, no. Uh, um, he started in on it uh, by moving the old railway station there uh, at the adjacent property – uh, he had the house, uh, wasn't a house, it was a, a structurally sound building, and he had that moved over and then built the foundation and had the um, house hoisted up and put down on the foundation after he uh, built it. So the, the house was the old railway station? No, the big section of the house was the old rail station. Okay. They would... Put ships on, well, train rails and float them up and dry dock them, you know. I wonder, because when I walk down there between the Block Island
0: Club and that breezy point between yes. those two on Salt Pond, you see the old rails still there. I always wondered what they were for. And that's what it was for?
2: That's what it was for, For pulling
0: yes. boats out of the water.
2: Yes, exactly. Oh,
0: wow. I wondered if it was for, like, shipping oysters and stuff from the, up to the main road or something.
2: No, no. Oh, it, it was like... St- Dry dock storage for ships that were in Salt Pond, and that was the easiest way to transfer them up there. Ah. So,
0: would you say, were you thinking about Black Island for a few years before you finally made the decision to move here? Like, was it always kind of on your mind that this is where you yeah, wanted no, to be?
2: No, I I had to move here. I had to, all I had to do, you know, like, besides feeding and clothing myself, my transportation, And a source of income, even if it was part-time, that way I could survive here, go to work on the house on uh, Breezy Point and do all the maintenance work that needed to be done. You seal out the outside of the house first, make it weatherproof, you know, stuff like that. All the work I did, yes, it was in vain, but I do not have any regrets Small businessman mentality was uh, ruling the
1: world at the time for me. And um, so who are some of the people that you remember meeting out here? Some of your first friends out here, people you'd hang out with or, you know. Oh, the first summer we
2: spent here, uh, my, uh the next door neighbors, Ken
1: and Marilyn Rose. So relatives of yours, I would assume. Oh,
2: yes, indeed. She was from the Littlefield uh, family, and she and Ken were together for a long time. And they came up and greeted us. And uh, they had a son and a daughter. Uh, uh, Son's name was Clifford Rose, and then there was Bernice Rose. And we used to hang out with them every evening because we didn't have any electricity there, but they did it watched the red Sox play and things like that over at ken and Marilyn rose's house
0: oh they they had electricity
2: they had electricity oh they also had telephone service too we didn't have that until later on i guess it was early
1: 70s now do you did you feel like you were missing out on some of these creature comforts or were you okay with the rustic style of living
2: uh, no, uh, the rustic style of living suited me just fine. You know, um, I, I've seen uh, hard times before. Uh, you just roll with the punches.
0: You know, I grew up, my first summers here, we didn't have any electricity or running water or anything either. So I I feel you. And my mom, they used to, when they were kids, used to go to a neighbor, same thing, the neighbor over at, uh, oh, I think it was uh, Smith's. Oh, Martha Smith just passed away recently, but it was a, Relative of her, I think his nickname might have been Cannonball Smith. And <laughs> they would walk over there about a mile and a half to watch Alfred Hitchcock. Oh. Because cool. that was the big show at the time. And then, they, Yeah. And then they'd have to walk home in the dark. After watching a creepy... After creepier. watching Alfred Hitchcock. <laughs> a mile and a half along the west side on the, all the back dirt roads mm-hmm. and paths. And they said it was, mm-hmm. you know...
1: John, so besides... Um- you know, going over to the neighbors and watching the Red Sox. What were some of the other hobbies and, and pastimes you enjoyed out here in your youth? Okay, Uh in my
2: youth <clears throat> uh, used to go freshwater pond fishing here. It's a well kept secret. Oh, uh, it's one of my favorite things to do. Oh yeah, no, uh, it, it's the ponds here are stocked full of game fish. Um. I remember uh, Sockham Pond, it used to be chock full of white perch. And give me one of my rod and reels, handful of uh, artificial lures, I could feed a family of uh, four in about, oh, an
1: hour. Wow. I've never had, how is perch, eaten wise?
2: Uh, white perch is definitely edible. Yes, it's white meat. Um Yellow perch is like number two. We've got plenty of those here. Tons too. of them. Tons. Tons. Oh, yes. Although I do think the uh, some of the
0: birds of prey that have started to live out here, those osprey, are doing a number on some of the perch and stuff like that.
1: I wouldn't doubt that. Um, But I, I like seeing them and so on here. So fishing, uh, are you a hunter as well? Do you hunt or...?
2: Yeah, I hunt for deers of the two legged female type. That's about the only <laughs> hunting I do. You know. But and no uh, license required. Yeah, Roy, right. <laughs> that wall is your big main uh,
1: <laughs> asset there. Yeah, that's for sure. <laughs> And how's your luck been with those two legged female deers? Oh, lately?
2: Just fine, you know. I've had my conquest over time here and in Pennsyltucky too.
1: Pennsyltucky, huh? Never pay.
2: We always called it that, you know. Even when What'd you call there. it? Pencil taquito? Yes, because actually it was a very rural area. I can even remember when they paved the road in front of my parents' house and the things like that. But it, it was what they call backwoods, and I liked it just fine, you know.
1: Yeah, and uh, so it sounds like Block Island back in the when you got here, it was still a little bit backwoods in certain respects.
2: In a lot of respects, I mean, there was uh it wasn't all built up, and there's nothing wrong with that now. Uh, but um, it was basically a rural agricultural area. At the time.
1: And how about, can you talk about, like, some of the changes you've seen? Like, what were some of the landmark changes that you've witnessed the island undergo in your years out here? Okay.
2: Uh, Cutting cottages cottages, uh, off Corneck Road uh, were just small little uh, summer cabins. Uh, Now they're um, too big. That's actually the only eyesore I see around the island. And they they moved all of those, so they're scattered about like tiny barb
0: cottages up by the airport. Has three or four of them. My neighbor yes. has one. You'll spot them. Oh, the
1: actual cottages. The original themselves. cottages were just these little one or two bedroom, one story cottages. I think Steve worked. Cool. Does Steve yeah. Rachel's have a couple? Maybe I feel like maybe Steve. Might.
0: He might, but I think those are different. Those might have been built there. Those are pretty oh, okay. old, too. No, these are sort of scattered about. You'll yeah. see them. People, you know, they, they offered them up for free if you were willing to move one. No kidding. So I think Joe, I think, I I'm, could be wrong. I think Abel Sprague turned one into a house. Uh-huh. And, you know, that you spot them and you'll be like, oh, that's one of them, you know, because they were all the same. They have
1: a distinct kind of look to them. And yep. You can pick yeah, out. Uh,
2: uh, I guess it'd be more of like a, a Victorian type uh, uh, visual, you
1: know, yeah. uh,
2: architecture.
1: All right, John. uh, You and I have uh, when when I we ended up meeting. I I don't obviously remember exactly when, but I just feel like it was here over the years. at Captain Nicks, you've come down and you know you'll have a beer or two and check out the music. And and uh, you and I have talked about artists that you appreciate, bands you like. What what are uh, what what's your taste in music? If you had to put it down,
2: well, (sighs) rock and roll. Country and Western now. I never used to be, but now I'm into that too.
1: Pretty popular. And
2: I'd say that Motown is the best beer-drinking music
1: that ever was created. Who's your favorite Motown artist, if you had to choose one?
2: Uh, Well, you had Diana Ross with the Supremes and so on, uh, Smokey Robinson, uh they're all singers. You can tell by my raspy voice. I've got no talent there whatsoever.
1: Well, I'm not sure well, I about. Never know until you try.
2: <laughs> uh, no, you wouldn't want me to do that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, have you ever listened to some of the old blues guys like Howlin' Wolf? I mean, his voice wasn't necessary. He wasn't going to be singing, uh, you know, a tenor at the at the <laughs> opera. But
2: <laughs> yeah, right. Well, but the uh, uh, it's all based on you know R and B rather
1: than blues, and that I definitely like. What is it that speaks to you about that kind of music?
2: Oh, it brings back past fine memories, you know.
0: And it's ageless. It just has such a good vibe, you know. Yeah, I mean, that's oh, ageless. Uh, yeah. It
2: is indeed that.
0: I mean, one of my favorite all-time CDs was Buddy Guy and Junior Wells sing the blues, and it's a good, good album, you know, yeah. and uh, just great <laughs> stuff.
2: Yeah. I, I'm you can not go to it. familiar with that one, but yes, old. But of all the recording bands that I've seen live, hey, the first one was in 1964 at the Newport Folk Festival. Uh, a Neighbors of Ours. I uh, was friend with their sort of son, and I got to see Peter, Paul, and Mary perform live on um, Fort Adams in Newport, Rhode Island. Uh, that was a thrill, actually. Um, Uh, But my two favorite bands, oh, one time in my life, it was um, 1970, Temple Stadium, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, outside concert, I got to see Jimi Hendrix Experience. Ah. Oh, my word. Uh, It was Noel Redding on bass guitar, Mitch Mitchell on drums. That was a Jimi Experience band. And Jimmy Dunn took care of the rest. Oh, my word. I was so impressed. I think that's your
0: favorite concert of all time.
2: Probably that and seeing Pink Floyd at, um, at the Spectrum in Philadelphia. They, um, it's where the 76ers NBA team play. And they dropped this dark red cart um, and put the whole playing court in half. And... Oh my I I was so impressed with that. Do you remember which tour
1: that was? Was it
2: Uh this was before Dark Side of the Moon, I oh, think wow. it was Omaguma was popular then.
1: Wow, so that was like really back in the seventies, s- early seventies, yeah. yes. The Sid Barrett exp- well, Sid wasn't there, I'm sure, but it no, was No, he like, wasn't. But yeah. David
2: Gilmore does a great job taking it over for him, I'd say
1: that. Yeah. Um did you ever get to see any of the Motown artists that you appreciated so much?
2: Oh, no. One of my co-workers got to see uh, uh, Stevie Wonder perform live. But now, there's a man that could play keyboards and, uh, and a songwriter, too. I mean, this guy was wonderful. I never got to see any Motown performed live by recording groups.
1: And then, how about art? You and I have discussed art. I know that I just remember one conversation we had where you expressed your uh, your appreciation for the artwork of a, a woman who who used to live out here. She's not here, Jess George. Do you remember?
2: Oh Jess? yes, no, I'll remember her. Yeah. I still have her business card somewhere. It's
1: about okay? So, what other artists do you like out here, or what? You know, are you an aficionado, or is it just Jesses? No, that just no,
2: a uh, 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 oh, I'd call it a, a minor interest. But Jessica George could actually, with nothing more than butcher paper, charcoal, and white chalk, uh, illustrate things. One was called Daffodil. It was um, what's now uh, Persephone's, the coffee shop there next to um, Lazy Fish. Oh, yeah, yep. I couldn't see the daffodils. After about, oh, half a minute staring at it, I then found him. She's very, very good at this stuff.
1: So is Jess just just a singular artist you appreciate? Are there other artists that you admire? or That was just a while. Yes.
2: I have a print of one of her paintings. She lived down there on Corneck Road uh, on the right-of-way that goes to the Breezy Point property. Um, Named Andrews. I can't think of her. First thing, I think it was Mary Andrews. That sounds familiar. And uh, they were going. Uh, we were doing some um, remodeling at a place over on the west side, and um, one of the guys asked me if I wanted this. And I said, "I'll take it." You know, it's just a rocking chair on a porch, but so well done, and uh, it's not a real watercolor painting it's a print but that's just plain good enough for me and i yes i still have that in my possession
0: all right so you brought up persephone's and we talked about meeting you i met you a lot at my restaurant when i had it i know exactly what you like to eat it was the broiled fish um Uh, where do you like to go out here where do you hang out uh that sort of thing what's your favorite bars or
2: it was it was captain nick's Uh, we can understand that yeah uh, also liked the old Albion when it was run by Lou Gaffett. What a great guy he was. Mm-hmm. I miss him dearly. We were very, very good friends. Yeah, he was
0: a big loss. You know? yes. yes, indeed. He, 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 was, he was an island icon. And he certainly knew how to skirt some of the rules, and he managed to really uh, get done what he wanted to get done.
2: Well put, right? Is that, <laughs> is that the way I
0: should – did I say that <laughs> etiquettely? Yeah. Judiciously prop? Yeah, it was good, yes, right? Did. I didn't, you know, um, he was definitely a, a slap on the wrist kind of guy. Like, yeah. I'll take the slap on the wrist rather than denial, yeah. Yeah. you know?
1: And we talked about him uh, a little bit with Dan Cahill, and we had Dan on the show. And uh, Dan had mentioned Lou's Monday Night Club. Do you remember that, or was that before? I guess that was before my
2: time – Dan Calehill has a very good knowledge of the whole island. I asked him one time for a uh, street address here. He knew the people that were there and told me, gave me perfect directions to get to it. Yeah, that's how it works out here. It's yeah. A, it's, a, it's a funny
0: thing. Like, we, had, I had met someone who said, you know, hey, if you ever want me on your podcast, he was, he's new to the island. I don't even remember his name. But uh, he's like, well, let me give you my number. I said, oh, don't worry, I'll find you. <laughs> and you know, by a day later, I decided I should get his number, and I managed to find it. I won't
1: say how, but yeah, you yeah. know,
0: But uh, it's how the island works, you yeah. know. Yeah.
1: Um, John, what are some of your other observations about those these little quirks about Block Island? If you have any, some of the yeah. things that make us make it unique out here.
2: It's a very. It's a small island. It's very unique. Uh, adapted to it very well uh it's back in the old days in pennsylvania like i say when i was backwoods everything was pretty much close to the bone there i mean you learned how to fist fight and stuff like that here it's uh it's much nicer but it's the island is so unique yes i do love black rock road um the scene. scenery
1: there is is spectacular on the south end. And that's one of your favorite spots to kind of go down and hang out or? Hang out and do some saltwater fishing.
2: Yes, I am legally uh, licensed for both freshwater and
1: saltwater here now. That was my next question. Are you legally <laughs> licensed? Yes. Yes,
2: I am. <laughs> um, a, a friend of mine uh who is computer literate uh, did it for me with huh. Rhode Island's uh, Fish and Game Commission, so
1: I'm um, good to go on that. And you're a surf caster mainly, or do yes, you, yeah.
2: yes. Although I have fished off other people's boats too.
1: I find it's uh, people always ask me if I want to get a boat, and I say nope. I just want to get more friends with boats. There yep. you go. That's <laughs> a smart advice mm-hmm. right there. I'm useless on a boat. I can make the sandwiches and, and bring the beer, but that's about it. But sometimes that's all we need. Yes. Perfect. Yeah. True. So, yeah. Uh, how was your fishing, saltwater fishing season this year? Did you get uh, out a lot or did I you catch bunch? I did
2: get out uh, in saltwater fishing. I had so much um, side projects going on. Um. Uh, doing um, interior and exterior uh, maintenance work on the small cottage that I reside at, including the outbuildings. I had to hand-fabricate two doors that were just well shot. I was going to plate over them and uh, then look at the structure and sit down. And uh, But that's all completed now. Now is this the house
0: right up the street it's I think it's right up uh I don't know what i' think um, like Connecticut
2: Avenue and the t- intersection of Connecticut and Ocean Avenue. You see a large old um hip roofed red roof house that's where the Roses used to say. There's a small two bedroom cottage right in the back of it, up on top of that grassy hill, and that's um, one of my mother's estates here.
1: So where did you develop your carpentry skills? Were you trained formally? Did you go to trade school or did you just kind of pick it up from?
2: All, no. I, I basically worked for a couple builders in Pennsylvania. Uh, and I had to develop them because I knew I was going to need them at the time. I'm really a garage mechanic by trade. And that I did go to factory school for. Big fight about that with my uh, service manager at the time. What what but, was that about? Uh, of factory school, as a vocation goes, it was, it's, uh, beats a private vocational school or a state-sponsored uh, vocational school. And uh, at the time, it was basically simple elementary school arithmetic. It was a, a North American Honda Motor Company, motorcycle division. And uh, I found the... Information in the trash took a hundred and eighty, um, multiple guest tests, and I (laughs) knew it passed it, you know. And my service manager wouldn't sign the paperwork, so I could go to these advanced level courses. There were several of them, that's where I did do well. A course of 12 guys, I was, I was uh, scored in um, the top half of them. It was the best education I got. It was a deal you don't say no to. Uh, and I had to fight for it to get it. But I'm a fighter, so uh, that was easy. But, yeah, I, my basic, I had to feed myself, clothe myself, supply my own amper- uh, uh, transportation. Everything, all instruction, all training materials supplied free. And yes, since I over 75 miles from this uh, training center in uh, Maple Shade, New Jersey, I my motel rooms were all paid for by the factory. You don't turn that tail down in life. You uh, have a half a brain in your head.
1: I agree. Yeah. So were you a motorcycle guy? Did you end up working on motorcycles? Oh,
2: yes. Yes. Uh, a Honda. Uh, it's kind of like my alma mater. Uh, but I... I pick up things rather quickly if it involves any type of trade, you know. I did go to vocational school to study welding because I knew they had better equipment than I could afford at the time. That was very beneficial to me. I had heard
0: when it comes to motorcycles, that's kind of a soft spot for you. Do you like old motorcycles? Yes, I
2: do. Uh, On the island, I do have one. It's a 1966 BSA Lightning. Unfortunately, it's painted in Thunderbolt colors. Uh, It will return to its uh, regular color Eventually, but it's not on my agenda sheet right not, now. Not, yeah, yeah, it's
0: on the back burner. But, but, oh,
2: what a ride those things are. What's your favorite old kind of motorcycle? Did you ever ride any Indians or anything like that? No, didn't really care for them. Oh, the modern versions are very, very nice. I mean, I still, like, on occasion, read the magazines and so on. Um But anything that was British always appeared to me um, – when I had my own business, uh, my equal partner wanted to sell motorcycles. I suggested Moto Marini. It's an Italian brand. They are a full-on manufacturer, rather in Italy, and I knew where the uh, importer was, not far from us in Pennsylvania, Reading, Pennsylvania. And we went there, and I rode the owner's bike a 350 Moto Marini V-Twin Sport. I had to have that thing. Nothing <laughs> I ever had to have I mean, nothing on the planet Earth ever handled as well as that thing did. And I just had to have that 350 Moto Marini. Did you sport. get it? Yes, yes. At first, uh, we became the, uh, a sales agency for them eventually, and we did sell a few of them. Uh, they're rare and so on. The design is totally unique. It's a four-stroke V-twin, 72-degree, a diaxis bores on it, and it's all that good stuff. But wow, what a ride. I mean, this is before they had uh, CAD CAM design and so on. Um, basically, the product, Line was designed by a guy and the like uh, chief um, uh, mechanic there, and what they wrought, yeah, it, it is just
1: a spectacular ride. I've never heard of them before, Moto Marini. I've heard of yes. Moto, Moto Guzzi. That's not the- yeah, Moto Guzzi is also Italian, um, but
2: it's they're kind of rare. Uh, matter of fact, it was Gabriele um, um, Marini. That owned the company. When the time we became a sales agent for the importer, uh, um, everything worked out quite well one
1: day. And so, but so you were never a Harley guy necessarily. It was more the English and the European well, style yeah, bike yes, select.
2: Yes, yes, indeed. Uh, we uh, back in Pennsylvania we called them the hardly Abelson types, you know, <laughs> <laughs> things like that. You know? Uh, but, uh, they, uh, they did build a very nice flat tracker that won plenty of championships,
1: yep. the XR 750. And the Indians uh, were manufactured in my neck of the woods in Western Mass in Springfield, where I grew up. That's correct, yes. Yep. Yep. Shall I move on? I want to talk about what, I want to ask what? Yeah. Uh, all
0: right. Go ahead. So, now we've heard a little bit about your history and different jobs you've had. What do you do out here now? Are you a carpenter,
2: I think? For the most part, yes. I'm looking forward to getting back into that with the same builder uh, that I work for here. Uh, I've been with him, I guess, I'm going to say 17 years. But it's spotty right now in the building trade here. So I went back and um, did some work on a vintage car here, and I'll probably be doing that again this afternoon. I'll be installing a steering wheel because I have all my uh, mechanical tools with me. I know how to remove a steering wheel and replace it. You know what kind of car is it? It's the MGA. Oh, not an MGB, an MGA. A, it's uh, the predecessor of the B. The B I'm very familiar with because I worked on plenty of them at a shop that uh, my uh, equal partner and I had together, you know. Uh, it's totally, they're two entirely different vehicles, but they share some driveline
1: and dr- motors of uh, them. And things like that. I think the MGA, didn't it resemble a Morgan, if I'm not mistaken, a little bit more like those? Oh,
2: uh, no. Morgan would be more like a TD. Okay. MG. Yeah, uh, that's what I'm thinking. Uh, the uh, guy that owns it also owns a TD,
1: a white one. This no- one's red. Notoriously finicky cars, though. Not necessarily reliable, I, I don't
2: uh, believe. No, uh, they got a bad rap, you know, uh, Overall. Just like but, me. But no, no, no. the British could always build exquisite things if it involved internal combustion. Thoroughbred racing
1: cars uh, would come to the mind. So we've now we've also talked about you know things that uh, you you know your your memories in Block Island, um, growing up here. Uh, what we've talked about the things you like. What are some of the things you you maybe dislike about the island, if if any? A
2: little bit of disappointment with some of the decisions made by town council, and we'll leave it go at that. That's fine.
1: That's (laughs) fine. Understood. Mm -hmm. Um, And then, so, well, this dovetails into this question. If you could change something, if you, let's say, the town council said, John, Dom, we're going to give you the opportunity to change one thing, pick one thing to change, what, 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 what would it be, possibly? Or a couple things.
2: Just don't really much to change like i say cutting cottages was fine it's now the only eyesore in Block island by the by the taxi cab drivers here would not deliver or pick up any fare from there back in the day oh mm-hmm. yeah it
0: was a big it was a big boycott like really? Really? oh, oh yeah. yeah that was I can't remember if it was the first one, but that was one of the early where developers came in and saw an opportunity and turned this little field of one-level cottages into yeah. three-story. You know, they built on the original footprint to the maximum height they could. Gotcha. so So they, they tripled the...
2: Yeah, the living space. Yeah,
0: 35 feet. So it created this wall of buildings rather than a field of cottages that you could... uh, Right, then still see the ocean. Yeah, Yeah. On YouTube, there's actually, I think there's a 1958, there's a video of some family on the Block Island vacation uh, in 1958, and a lot of it's filmed down there, and it's cool to see the old little cottages and they were out in the fields playing and it just did you know had that nostalgic
1: old block island look and what year were those cottage the the cutting the new ones constructed
0: ish that's a good question what do you think um 80s
2: a- early oh, 80s yes. oh, that would be a good call i think um i do too i'm in the ballpark
1: my... so that's it john so if you had one one thing to change you would just raise the cutting cottages
2: I wouldn't raise on their private property. I don't respect people's private property. But that's basically my own complaint. Speaking about the mopeds. Uh, what was Let it was, rip. N- cool. Norris Pike was going to succeed, have Baccon succeed over mopeds, you know. I remember this. Yes, yes. Uh, um, he's now deceased. I knew the guy very, very well. Here, very nice room. guy. Nice guy. Yes. yes. Oh, yeah. oh, yeah. yeah. Good builder too. By the yep. way.
1: Yeah. Good builder. Do the mopeds bother you necessarily, or where are you at with those? Okay.
2: Uh, in the I summer, mean, being a
1: motorcycle guy, two wheel aficionado, but yeah, yes,
2: but uh, I, I'm well behaved. But there are times when I would like to give them a chrome horn that would be the front bumper on my <laughs> <laughs> The
0: chrome horn in the ass. The chrome horn.
2: Yeah, Just a yeah. little, little, hey, how you doing? Hey, how are you? Yeah, <laughs> right yeah, up yeah. against the
0: back. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think you can get away with that, though, unfortunately.
2: No, you can't. Uh, and I always remember that I have my vanity tag on the front of the truck uh, from the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. I've had that since 1980. That's the first event I was able there to attend. Uh, I'm a big indie car fan than Formula One, basically a more dirt track guy than I am asphalt, but I've seen plenty of road racing too and asphalt racing.
0: They had the uh those formula cars race where I lived in Jersey once they shut down sections of the highway and made they they had a big race there It was in East Rutherford, New Jersey. You
2: are I, correct am I correct? Yes, I, wow, look I, at that no. No, I attended two of those events, maybe three of them, East Rutherford, New Jersey. Yeah, that's it. All uh, the inside garages were where the uh, Knickerbockers played and so on.
0: Yes, it was the at the time, oh, gosh, I can't remember the name of the stadium, the Brendan Byrne Arena or something <laughs> like that. Is this where the oh, Meadowlands are now? Yeah.
2: That's it. That's a You've got to Brendan Burn Arena,
0: right? Yeah. Uh, the, I saw the, a few concerts there, and uh, it was right—I lived in Secaucus, which was right over the Hackensack River.
2: You're absolutely correct. Absolutely huh. spot on the money correct. The one thing I
0: remember about the foreign land, so I went there for a little while, but even across the river, miles away, you could hear those engines, like, screaming. It was—they were, like, jet engines on those cars. I mean, mm-hmm. so loud.
2: Like, I never expected it to be that mm. loud. Yeah. And it's just crazy loud. It's part of the ambience of sitting in the stands and watching it. It's a competition that drives the fans, yeah. You know, a lot of science so to it too.
0: Tires and yeah. wearage and yeah. weather uh, well, and
2: temperature and it's it's probably one of the most scientific sports there is. There's other aspects of it where it's a little bit um, more art than science, like grooming up a dirt track, a clay track, and so on.
1: Did you ever do any racing yourself? Or,
2: Well, in unsanctioned competition, <laughs> yes. <laughs> I, I was very good at it. Yeah. I never lost a street race in my 1967 Ford Galaxy 2.
1: Oh. I bet you wish you still had that thing.
2: The down to, a um, zoning officer took it away from me eventually. Who who did? The zoning officer oh, in Pennsylvania. Geez. I mean, I was out for it. I bought it for fifty dollars from oh. uh, one of the owners of the shop. Uh, I do all my own maintenance work on it. A three ninety two barrel single exhaust had the old cast iron, the pre runner to the C six transmission. That thing was quick.
1: And now these days, you bought it for fifty dollars to have an original muscle car. I mean, those have you been those things go for hundreds of thousands of dollars now. It's insane. It's
2: insane, but uh, if it's all original, you know, like numbers match and yeah. something like that, that jacks the price up to the moon and then some, you know? Uh it, it I never aimed a real muscle car, but um, that was one of my two most favorite cars. Since we're getting close to the end, I got a quick one. Um,
0: I think you told me a while back. Did you have a pet raccoon once upon a time?
2: Oh yes. Are you okay to talk about that? I, yes, I think about him every day. He did pass on buddies with me for over six years. He's rescued because he was orphaned. He was up the three-way crotch of an ash tree in Pennsylvania. I drove my uh, car, 1967 AMC uh, Hornet, put up a ladder. Uh, was only 10 feet tall, and he was about 30 feet up. Oh, <laughs> I cut up a bunch of uh, um, yellow pine two-inch flooring, uh, nailed them, pre-drilled them, nailed them with eight pennies, and built myself a ladder going up the ash tree got down, made sure I was secure, grabbed my welding gloves, went up, and made a left-hand catch. He was, these creatures are not companion animals for everyone. <laughs> for, for me, it was a great experience. I got all kinds of information from a guy named Horst. He's a 10th grade biology teacher. And he had done the same deal I did. I didn't even know that uh, you have to bottle feed them when they're that young. So I got from my then um, uh, sister-in-law an infant bottle and rushed down to the grocery store in Plumsteadville and bought some uh, infant formula, mixed it up and put it on my left wrist and bottle fed him. It goes on for over six months until they eat, you know, regular food, you know. It was such a fun experience.
1: What was the raccoon's name?
2: Dover. I named it after Dover Speedway in Dover, Delaware. Uh, I had to take care of him and I Turned down the opportunity rod down on some BGN deal, Bush Grand National. It's a NASCAR deal. Because I needed to feed him, uh, I think, three, four times a day. It was – so I figured I'll just name him Dover. Uh, I shouldn't have named him Indy, you know. Oh, no, I like Dover. uh, Sometime, Rich, I'll have to show you his albums it's right outside my truck by the way it was the greatest creature i have as a companion now they're not like any other animal that ever was they have two opposable thumbs on their little hands and when you can see what they can do with their hands and they're they're smart too no, they're flat out, full blown, brilliant creatures and, <laughs> and quick learners. They have like an elephant like memory and things like that. Did know? did it take a little while for it,
0: for Dover to take to you, or, or once you no, started feeding him, he we, was right there? We,
2: we got, uh, no, we got along so well. Um, his favorite thing uh, when it, I would uh, talk to him and so on, you know, and uh, but it had to be his way, you know, face to face. And you know, um, but it was just too much fun. I i miss him dearly, I really do.
1: And how long ago did, did dover pass?
2: Uh, I think he died of a gastrointestinal disorder, according to my buddy Horst. Uh, but he he was it was just so much fun every day. We would go for walks in the woods and play out in the yard and. All that. Oh, everybody likes it. One time he wanted to drive my car. It was a 1980 AMC Sport Wagon. (laughs) I'm sorry, the raccoon wanted to drive your car? Yes. Okay. I couldn't say no to him. (laughs) Right, that's the way I am. (laughs) So I line-blocked it out, brought it to a halt, slapped it on a red-shell road, and um, gently would lift up on the brake pedal, and he was making a left-hand turn with it. And I let him put the left-hand front wheel right in a ditch. The red shale was dry at the time. It could easily back out, you know.
1: How did you know he wanted to drive the car?
2: He would get off the passenger seat, jump on my uh, and legs, grab hold of the steering wheel because uh, he mm-hmm. wanted to Show me, I guess, how you really run one of these things. (laughs) They're very curious creatures.
1: Did he, uh, were there any tricks or anything he would do, or did you train him oh, teach him? Or did anything? he train you? Did, <laughs> yeah.
2: uh, you have it correct. Uh, he trained me. Uh, you hear a, a strange noise in the house. You go investigate to see what he's up to and so on. That is the way they can open drawers and chests of drawers and so on. and all. They're so curious. Uh, every, their whole world comes through their hands, believe me. Uh, they have to get their. You could hand them small objects, something like a piece of kindling wood, and they uh, will twist it around in their hands and put their hands all over it. And on. he was just too much fun to hang out with. I miss him dearly. Oh, that's a great yeah. short story. Thanks for sharing
0: that Thank with you. us. Yeah. I like it.
1: Good. Um. So, do you? Here's a question for you. I think you're an interesting person. Would you consider yourself as someone who might be a person of interest on Block Island? And I don't mean that as a person of interest, like, you know, getting a, you know the cops are looking for you. But I mean, do you, you know. Yeah, yeah.
2: uh, no, uh, actually, I like the new Jerome Police Department. Like, we do, too. Yeah. yeah no, no, really. Uh, they conduct themselves as a very... Efficient real police force here uh, Our chief, uh, Vin Carlin, Um, I called him up uh, No, I went to the police station Because I got this phone call from uh, Chris Blaine That somebody shot the lock off the gate on the breezy point property i first went down there and investigated myself went to the police station and ben said he says paul drive it down there we'll have a look around he did and sure enough someone shot the lock it was so bizarre and i told the chief where we to park his vehicle it was a jeep cherokee gold at the time and I said, watch the... I asked him if there any tracks on the ground he can see. And I, I said, look at this. I said, anybody's ambulatory can walk around the post here. There's no reason to shoot the lock. And the chief is looking at the lock. He says, can I keep this? I said, it's yours. It's junk. Look at it, you know. Why, I don't know. It was bizarre. So I called back Chris Wayne... And told him all about. It. He says, "Cause uh, I looked at the lead in the lock and thought it was oh maybe it f- came from a round of a forty-five long Colt, you know, a revolver or pistol." And um, and Chris said, no, I gave him the shotgun shell." And he says, you were down the north end of the island and seen all the holes in the big old dumpster there when they uh, rebuilt the um, north light. And I said, yeah, yeah, I've seen all that with my own eyes. He says, that was a shotgun, too. The police chief was sharp enough to collect the evidence. You know, it took me a while to get my head around it. You hear something bizarre, you go investigate it. It's that simple.
1: right? And we actually, we had Chief Carlone on our show last week. And uh, he was uh, discussing his time as uh, the head of the detective department in uh, Narragansett before he came here. So I guess it stands to follow that he's, uh, you know, uh, follows up on those kinds of things. Yeah. And it's the kind of thing later you might be like, God, I wish I had that lock because now I have someone and a gun that might match it. Yeah. And- mm-hmm. Yep. So, John, we're we're getting close to wrapping it up. But okay. uh, a couple more quick questions. Number one, and this is a big one. So, you know, I don't know. Uh what is your philosophy of life
2: philosophy of life um um, my formula for success in life would be a strong back and a weak line there you go
1: (laughs) (laughs) that's worked for me so far
0: (laughs) and i gotta throw in what was it he said a few times in the interview uh uh, and, and no regrets no, we're I no, no, that, no, no, I think that I think that's no. your uh, that you put those yeah, two together, yes. and that uh, sounds like you. Is, it, do you, it, now we've asked a lot of questions. Is there anything you think people would want to know about you that we didn't ask about? Is there something?
2: Well, well, uh, or are we doing no, a pretty no, good no, no, no. job? <laughs> I, um, I do have a lot of good friends here, um, and uh, I'm grateful for them. Especially my, um, my two neighbors, yeah. Well, one's family, one's a friend, and uh, helps me out, and I help her out, and all that. And Bob and Mary Barry, Babcock, uh, Mary's passed on now. Uh, I miss her, too. I'm the, I like it, being on Black Island a lot. I
0: can tell you my uh, theory. Maybe I've never given you reason to be otherwise, but... No matter when I run into you, you've always been very pleasant to me and very cordial and nice, and I find that to be a great trait. I've never seen you say you're having a bad day. I've seen you say, I said, how's it going today? And some days you're fair, and other days you're fair to middling, and other days just great.
2: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, I've had a good time this afternoon here. Uh, Again, this is the first time I've ever done this.
0: You're this is great. I think I'm really no, enjoying it's this.
2: It's basically a radio show. Oh, my favorite radio show host of all time was the I-Man, Don Imus and the Morning oh. Show. That guy was the world's best forever as a radio guy. You listen to him all the time when I had the ability to listen to him. I but think he- if
0: between the two of us, Mark is closer to Imus than I am.
2: Yeah, no, 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 guy, guy. No, I couldn't touch that guy <laughs> I don't think he can be replaced no. by Anybody yeah, no. with his level of being a radio guy I yeah. mean, the guy was just number one with me forever
1: Yeah, I used to listen to him in the kitchen I was yeah, yeah. Of, I'm was more. i more of an Edward R. Murrow kind of guy mm-hmm. He was my favorite I'm just kidding, I, yeah. I wasn't born he was <laughs> I'm like, on huh? the radio. well, I was like, who? I don't even know who that is Okay, John, I have one last question a question, and then we're going to do a quick lightning round where we ask really quick questions, quick answers. Last question is um, Do you have a nickname on the island? Not that I know
2: of, just plain old J O N John works for me. Okay. Um,
1: we were just discussing. Yes. Uh, I, have nickna- I had a nickname, and I was curious if you had one, just a, you know. So it's traditional
2: here that everybody just goes by their first name. Yes, can you find out via whatever means what their last name really is? You know. Yep. Yep. um, Well, I've just gotten old um, enough
0: I can't remember people's last name. I have a hard time with the first name nowadays. You got a great memory, I got to say. Yes.
2: You what know, are you, What
0: well, are you like,
2: 47, 48 right now? Oh, uh, a little bit uh, <laughs> beyond those years. But, no, I'm in good health, and I'm grateful for that,
1: you know. Yeah. Very good. All right. So this will wrap it up. We have seven quick questions to ask you. Now, these are just one-word answers or two-word answers. You don't have to think about them too much. Mm. It's just fun. Just for fun. Not you know? yet. Is that your game for that? The lightning round.
2: Oh, yes. I'm game right. for this. All right.
1: Um you want to? Want I can s- go first. Okay. Well, all th- right. I think we know the answer to this one, but go ahead. Yeah, this one's a kind of a giveaway. What's your favorite animal?
2: Yes, raccoon.
1: All right. If you could have one dream vehicle, what would it be?
2: <sighs> I already draw the best in F series Ford. You know that. There you go. Yeah. Yep. What one word best describes you? My first three letter name, I guess. Uh, I can't.
1: That's good enough. Know. John. Yes. Oh, so it's, it's J O N? Yes. Oh, there's no H. No H. That's okay. biblical spelling. You gotcha. Know, but uh, it's Earth. just J O N. That works for me. Okay. Uh, if you can meet one famous person, dead or alive, who would it be?
2: Dead or alive. Uh, oh, my. Um, I'd like to meet Kyle Larson and see him perform live. He's a real good sprint car driver, and I'm big on that sport. Kyle Larson. He's already run 32 motor racing events this year.
0: All right. If you had the opportunity to live in one of the lighthouses, would you live in the North Light or the Southeast Lighthouse?
2: Easy call. North Light. I do have four-wheel drive to get there. Nice. But no, no, no. That's... That old stone building, by the way, it was rebuilt twice. The last one uh, went through all the hurricanes and so on. I've been inside it. Yes, uh, I um, was trespassing. Oh, my word. What a spectacular structure. I mean, it, I like archway windows and doors and things like that. And the stone masonry is superb.
1: John, what is the last movie that you've seen? Oh, my. Oh, my. I
2: haven't seen a movie lately. Uh, when I was able, when it wasn't a, a virtual library, I used to check out different movies. Um, one of my favorites was Online. It's a good storyline and well acted.
0: Now, do you think this word should be pronounced, should be pronounced scallop or scallop? Scallop. That's there we go. They're shellfish. Right. There you go. We got it. All right. Well, I guess that's going to wrap up uh, this episode. I can't thank you enough. I've, uh, as usual, I learned a lot about you. I thought I knew you, but now I know mm-hmm. a lot
2: more. No, no. Please this was a really good time for me awesome excellent. i mean there's a first time for everything in
1: life and this is mine, <laughs> excellent Those we're glad yeah. we're glad you didn't go on someone else's podcast first that's uh, all i gotta say
2: no, no uh, more uh, uh, um, yeah it, it's, it was my pleasure to be here Ron. listen
1: Ron, thank you always always fun talking to you john and, and again maybe some maybe uh you know you want to come back and uh, visit us again sometime in the future
2: If I'm on island, yes. Uh, I haven't done my off-island shopping spree yet. But, yes, I'll do that sometimes uh, whenever you request.
0: Thank you. Thank you so much. And thanks out there to uh, you listeners for listening to our podcast. We really appreciate it. Uh, Please remember, reach out to us anytime with suggestions, stories,
1: stuff you'd like to hear on the show. Uh, You can email us at twoguysonbi at gmail.com. And please follow us on social media. We're on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And don't forget to subscribe to our podcast on whatever platform it is you use to listen to us. So thanks very much. Rich, great time today. This was a pleasure. Really good, good, fun time. Totally. All right. Well, we'll catch you later. All right. Catch you soon. Hey, uh, by the way, can I interest you in a pet raccoon? You know, I want to kind
0: of find one now that this has happened. I got a guy. You got a guy. He's sitting right here. Yeah.
1: <laughs> with fruit and a Feeling pretty okay. In the Bahamas, pajamas, 24 hours a day. Two guys on Block Island is recorded live at Captain Nick's Rock and Roll Bar. Music, courtesy of the booze beggars. All segments produced by Rich Trethaway and Mark Scortino. See you next time, Cap.